Good evening, this is Mady Bellings with KSOM and KS95 News. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. This is the message being promoted by the Governor's Traffic Safety Bureau and law enforcement partners this Super Bowl weekend. Whether you are hosting a party or attending one, it is crucial to keep drunk drivers off the road to ensure everyone's safety. Law enforcement across Iowa will be reminding football enthusiasts of this important message during the Super Bowl. According to Iowa State Patrol Trooper and District 4 Public Information Officer Shelby McCready, Super Bowl weekend is comparable to a holiday, and therefore there will be an increased law enforcement presence on the roadways. Super Bowl Sunday is a celebratory Sunday. Regardless of who you're rooting for, you know, there are parties, there are get-togethers, gatherings with family and friends. And so the message that we want to get out is, you know, essentially fans don't let fans drive drunk because um, we want everybody to stay safe and stay alive during this celebratory weekend. Local, county, and state law enforcement agencies will participate in the CARE operation to monitor and prevent drunk driving. Sunday is a CARE day. It is nationally um, a CARE operation, which CARE stands for Crash Awareness and Reduction Effort. So the whole purpose of law enforcement on Sunday is to crack down on impaired drivers and dangerous driving behaviors that are going to lead to serious injury or fatal crashes. Over the past five years, an average of eight people died or were seriously injured each week in Iowa in a crash involving an impaired driver. Nationally, about 37 people die in drunk driving crashes each day. You're also going to see an emphasis on impairment. And, um, you know, essentially, the best thing I can tell people is to plan ahead. Make sure you have a designated driver or a safe way home, um, you know, and then execute that plan. Don't get to the celebration, decide that you didn't drink as much as you thought you were going to and you're okay to drive home. Those risks aren't worth taking. So establish your plan, follow your plan. And then if you were somebody who was actually a party planner or a party host, you know, and you're having to get together at your house, make sure that you do have plenty of non-alcoholic options for people so that way everybody can enjoy the big day. It is essential to remember that drunk driving can have severe consequences, including the possibility of causing a traumatic crash. Cass Health has been made aware of a series of scam phone calls and texts involving Cass Health. The callers claim to be from Cass Health and are asking to confirm or update your information, including address, phone number, date of birth, as well as billing information. These are not legitimate phone calls, and residents should not give out any personal information. Hang up and disregard these calls. Cass Health has also been made aware of scam text messages claiming patients need to pay their bill by clicking on a link. Cass Health does not send text messages about payments due. Do not click on these links. You can disregard or block the number. Keep in mind that the registration team may call some patients to pre-register you for a limited number of upcoming appointments, such as telehealth or clinical dietitian appointments. If you're ever unsure about a call from Cass Health being legitimate, you can always hang up, call Cass Health, and ask for the department that contacted you. Atlantic School Superintendent Beth Johnson is revisiting the protective safety procedure of the school district. On January 23rd, the district pulled in law enforcement and the Cass County Communications Center about what happened at the Perry School District. So the situation that involved the, the Perry School District, that's our mind. We had a school threat here. And then just different things that is happening either in Iowa or across the country. It's all got us kind of paying attention what we need to do. Uh, so I met with the principals and he said, we, we have to do something. 
we, we have a plan in place, a safety plan. We know it will take care of our kids, but we need to be more proactive. Johnson reported at Wednesday's school board meeting that she had asked the four building principals to do specific things in the middle school and the high school to organize a group of student leaders to decide how to make the school and environment safer. They, they can see things, they hear things. We needed to have them to be more actively involved. Johnson says this involves culture, tolerance, and befriending students who feel left out. So it's, it's more inclusion. Um, that type of practice, but also just evaluating what we do in the building to keep things safe. We probably will be doing some more Alice trainings. But we have to have the kids in place on board to understand the importance of just safety procedures in a building and why we do it. Alice training is an acronym for alert, lockdown, inform, counter, and evacuate. I think more parent involvement at that elementary level is, is what we need to be doing. We're going to get some good ideas in both settings. So I'm excited to get more involvement from our students and from our parents. Dr. Johnson says a safety committee meeting is scheduled for February 26th when they will hear feedback from students and parents. The Ottoman County Courthouse staff is prepping for the temporary move to the armory to make room for the HVAC construction project. The county will soon sign the lease agreement with the armory. Ottoman County Supervisors Chairman Heath Hansen says the plan is to begin the move on April 1st. That agreement is that we're going to be going on a monthly basis, the short version is, and uh, because we want to make sure that we leave ourselves time in case the uh, contractors go short or go long. It's a really good price they're giving us. We're going to utilize the space really well. We're going to have the, the treasurer, recorder, and assessor's offices will be temporarily relocated to the armory, along with other people using the space remotely. Then we're looking at moving the clerk of court and the uh, county attorney over to City Hall. And then we're going to be moving the auditor's office because they have to handle elections. We're going to be moving them down to the uh, down to the Memorial Building downtown on the square. The supervisors entered into a general fund loan agreement for the $2.8 million courthouse HVAC project. This financial method is a way to borrow money and pay down the debt out of the general fund over 10 years with a debt service levy. Hansen says the payment would be around $200,000 per year, similar to budgeting a repair expense from the general fund. The Shelby County Board of Supervisors on Tuesday approved a wind turbine and solar farm moratorium. According to the meeting minutes, Shelby County Zoning Director Tony Buman recommended the moratorium until more details can be worked out on the proper conditions and possibly be implemented in the county ordinances. The combined resolutions on the moratoriums on wind and solar energy construction state Shelby County has no existing ordinance governing the siting, construction, and operation of commercial wind energy systems and operation of commercial solar energy systems in unincorporated areas of Shelby County, and the county has an interest in protecting the county's infrastructure, natural resources, and property rights through adequate provisions governing the siting, construction, and operation of wind and solar energy systems. The Board of Supervisors will require substantial time to gather information and coordinate with multiple agencies for the purpose of reviewing, updating, or creating ordinances, policies, and procedures relative to commercial wind and solar energy systems. 
Shelby County now imposes a moratorium effective immediately and for a period ending July 1, 2026 on the siting, construction, and operation of commercial wind and solar energy systems for the purpose of drafting and adopting an ordinance regulating commercial wind and solar energy systems. Cass Health was recently named one of the four finalists for the 2023 Rural Hospital Leadership Team Award from the American Hospital Association. The award recognizes small or rural hospital leadership teams who guide their hospital and community through change and innovation. The awardees display outstanding leadership, responsiveness to their community's health needs, and a collaborative process that has led to measurable outcomes. Cass Health CEO Brett Altman Cass Health staff is dedicated to our vision of being the best rural hospital in the country. Meeting that goal means we do a lot of behind-the-scenes work to really delve into our community needs, research solutions, recruit high-quality providers to allow greater access to specialty care, and to invest in our future. We're very proud of our entire team to be one of the finalists for the American Hospital Association Award out of nearly 2,000 rural hospitals. And we hope that many of our Southwest Iowa communities that we serve feel the same way. The American Hospital Association shared that Cass Health was selected due to their work in three main areas. First, for labor and delivery services and growth in maternal health services. Second, their student experience program that provided around 120 clinical opportunities in nursing, medicine, pharmacy, physical therapy, radiology, and other healthcare careers last year. Lastly, Cass Health was selected due to their Health Equity Committee, which focuses on health disparities, social detriments of health, and social needs. The winning recipient of the Rural Hospital Leadership Team Award was Queens North Hawaii Community Hospital, a 35-bed rural acute care hospital. Other finalists included the teams at Providence, Alaska and Seward, Valdez and Kodiak, Alaska, and Hannibal Regional Healthcare System in Hannibal, Missouri. More news online at westerniowatoday.com. I'm Andy Bellings with KSOM and KS95 News.